This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Yep, good morning and welcome to the Victoria Day long weekend edition of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour right here on AM740. As always, I want to give a quick reminder that this is a call-in show and the numbers to call are area code 416 360 or toll-free at 1-866-740-4740 or online at uh, nazimwali.ca, right, guys? Uh, you can listen live from there. I just want to do a quick shout-out to Boots and the Hammer. We love Hamilton here, don't we, guys? Absolutely. And uh, we've got a special guest in the house today. And, again, just, just before we go to... Um, go and start the show. I just want to remind people. We got a, got a message from our good friend Lawrence Turner from from London, England, to remind us that Arsenal just won the FA Cup. Yeah, three two. And a dramatic extra time three two victory after coming back down two nothing. Okay, Lawrence, we did that for you. Anyways, let's uh, do a quick review on this week in sports, guys. Uh, your predictions from last week. How well did you do? I think yeah, we, we did, did pretty well. We did we did quite well. Uh, picked most of them. Um, yeah. The only one I went back. The only one I didn't pick was the Bruins, but I picked the Habs to win Game Six, and the, the Bruins upset me uh, uh, by not winning Game Seven. Interesting week for the Habs. They had a fantastic uh, end of the series with the Bruins. They were on an incredible high. And then yesterday, uh, there's no joy in Habland this morning. Uh, well, let me just, tell you. I've, if Price is uh, hurt, they're in deep trouble because uh, he, he he didn't come back for the third period, and they were down 4-1 after two. And you usually don't uh, pull your goalie after two periods if you're only down three goals, especially in the NHL this year because there's been a lot of comebacks with two or three goal comebacks. So I think Price is hurt. You think he's hurt? Yeah, it really looks that way. Well, hopefully he isn't. If he isn't, this may be 1979 all over again. You remember, you remember 1979, uh, Naz? The Habs uh, lost the first game in the Stanley Cup final against the Rangers and then came back and won four straight. That's the- correct. They lost. Uh, the Habs lost 4-1 in game one, and the goalie for the Rangers was John Davidson. Uh, John Davidson. <laughs> Where'd that <Wow>. come from? <laughs> um, Rangers pulled off uh, some people would consider it a huge upset against uh, the the Penguins, which uh, caused some severe uh, repercussions in in Penguin Pittsburgh Penguin land. I'm, I was a little bit shocked that they fired. I was about to say Fred Shiro, God God rest his soul, but not Ray Shiro, and. Don't like that move. I think Ray Shiro is one of the brightest minds in hockey. I think he's going to land a job real, real quick. It looks like Washington is looking to snap him up. 
A little bit of an overreaction from Penguins management there. I don't know what Mario's doing there. Uh, Ray Shiro did a tremendous job, especially with the salary cap in the salary cap era. I don't understand that move. Uh, I don't understand bringing the coach back uh, in that move. I don't get it. I think Pittsburgh's going to slide. Any discussion on the issue of uh, Sidney Crosby and his highlight reel for the playoffs? I mean, uh, you mean you know, the so low light exactly. reel? Exactly. It's you know, it's, it's something that the face the funniest thing I ever saw. Blank page. There you go. You know, what do you think of that, Naz? Uh, Wally? I have to believe he's playing hurt. Um, I know. I know. He's the best player in the world. Is there a reason for not telling? He's the he's best player hurt? in the world. Yeah, absolutely. He's There's the no best player in the world, in my estimation. Unfortunately, the last few years in the playoffs, he just he hasn't brought it, and and uh, for whatever reason, the other coaches seem to be devising strategies to bottle him up. Uh, Bilesma isn't freeing him up in the playoffs. He's playing hurt. Um, he's not playing to his capability. There's sure. no question. Um, Oh, his Olympic performance, though, you know, you know realistically, is there, is yeah, but his Olympic of... performances haven't been great either. Yeah, I mean, he had, he had, I mean, he had the good game against. He scored Sweden a couple in the of pretty big goals in uh, both. Uh, well, yeah, Olympics. I mean, but those are the only two goals he had. <laughs> that's my point. Uh, they didn't score too many goals in the last Olympics. They didn't give up any, so that's uh, good that's point. How they played as well. Yeah, yeah it, it's it's a tough it's a tough a tough thing to um, analyze why he can't. He 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 hasn't been able to elevate his game. It's just the playoffs are a different type of game. Yeah, and well, he hasn't been able to elevate his game to a dominant performance. I think what people are expecting from Sidney Crosby is dominant performances, and he hasn't brought that. This is a few players that haven't brought it. Rick Nash is another. They're in, they're in the semifinals now, the Rangers. But Rick Nash, in I think twenty eight playoff games, has two goals. So he doesn't bring it either. So what happens in, in these situations, especially in the playoff time, at playoffs, they are checked fiercely. The top players are checked fiercely, sure. and a lot of them don't break through. And that's why you see the second and third line players and fourth line players putting the puck in the net, putting the puck in the net yeah, and scoring important goals. Exactly. That, that, you know, that's a great point, Naz. When, when you look at success in playoffs, it's not players that win Stanley Cups. It's teams. And And... And it's usually the team that gets, number one, the hot goalie, the goalie that dominates. And Pittsburgh, let's be honest, they haven't had that since the year they won the Stanley Cup. And even the year they won the Stanley Cup, I wouldn't classify Fleury as playing a dominant game. Uh, he, he's not a top-tier goalie in the NHL. So you need your third and fourth liners to come through in the playoffs. They grind it. They score big goals for you. And good coaches, okay, coaching does make a difference. And, and, and the really good coaches are able to match their lines. They're able to double shift their, their, their star players, get their star players away from the checking. Uh, uh, like I said, match up well. And it just didn't seem that the Pittsburgh Gunners were getting, were getting uh, free ice out there. Yeah, it, it, Pittsburgh, you know, the goaltending situation, and Ray Shiro gets blamed for signing Fleury to a $6 million contract. But he had won the Stanley Cup. I mean, the goalie had won the Stanley Cup. So what do you expect to pay a really good goalie? And he was a really good goalie. Now they're caught in a situation where they have a salary of $6 million in a goaltender that they don't have any confidence in either. Is that Ray Shiro's fault? I don't think no, so. No, I, I think Ray Shiro's one of the top, certainly top five general managers, maybe even top three. I, I don't see that many. You know, Ken Holland seems to be, 
in a category all by himself, and then after that, Ray Shiro's right right behind there, right right behind Ken Holland in that category. Uh, a, a bit of a bit of a quick move by the Penguins, a bit of an overreaction. Anyways, let's move on to another great series that's about to start today. L.A. Kings, Chicago Blackhawks. Wonderful. Last two Stanley Cup what winners. A series. That's it's going to be a great series. Both of them appear to be at the top of their game. Both well-coached teams. Um, um, last year, Hawks were able to take the Kings out in five. Can't see it happening this year. I think this one, this one could go either way. It could go seven games. Yeah, I do too. And I, but I think Chicago is going to come back and go to the final again. They have too many game breakers. They have Patrick Sharp, Jonathan Taze, Patrick Kane. They got Marion Hosa. They have a lot of game breakers on that team. And their third and fourth lines, Bickle, he scores nine goals all all last year, all this year. And I think he has eight in the playoffs. He's, he comes through in the clutch. These are the type of guys. This is back to the old days. Remember the John Tanellis and the Bob Nystroms and those type of players. They drive you, you nuts, can't those guys. Ha- you can't have enough of those guys. <laughs> they drive you crazy, those and players. That, and that's what the Toronto Maple Leafs are missing, those type of guys. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I see this series coming down to whether the – L.A. Kings are able to impose their physical presence on the Hawks. I know the Hawks. The Hawks are no uh, shrinking violets either. They got some tough boys on that team. But it's a good view on it. Well, L.A. Yeah. Kings. They they got some big big boys on that team. And yeah. and uh, if they can somehow keep the game in the corners, along the boards, exactly. fight for that space uh, in, next to the blue paint, if if they can establish that kind of game. Um, I th- I see I I can see the Kings winning. I I I think the one area where the Kings are clearly better than Chicago is in goaltending. Jonathan Quick. Not that Corey Crawford. Corey he's, Crawford. He's a good really he, well. He's a he's a good goalie, an excellent goalie. Quick's a great goalie. Mm-hmm. Um, Quick could steal this series. No question. Quick reminder that it is a call-in show. The numbers are four one six three six zero. 0740 or toll free 1866 740 4740. So, any predictions? Again, you, you know, you predicted, you know, you, you're talking, you, know, you have a prediction on the LA Kings taking the series. Are you guys opposing one another on this? Uh, I haven't heard any predictions really from either one of you yet. But, well, I'm uh, going to pick the Rangers and the Blackhawks in the, the final, final. Yep. finals with the two original six teams with the best sweaters in the <laughs> NHL, both of them. <laughs> As, but I take Chicago to win the Stanley Cup. You notice they did take the scowl off the, uh, the the Chiefs' head there at one point, and they put a smile on his face. I don't know if that was inten- well, obviously intentional, but you know they are two of the best sweaters going right now. Walter, what do you think? I think the Habs are coming back. Yep. Yesterday was an aberration. Love to Habs that. are Habs, Habs Hawks. What a Stanley Cup that final that will be. Quite that incredible. will remind me of some great, uh, obviously, Naz, you're, you're old enough to remember this. Uh, Boy, nine, am I old enough, yeah. Ni- 1971. Uh, remember that Stanley Jacques Cup Lemaire final? Jacques Lemaire from center ice. Remember Tony that? Esposito couldn't see. He, that was the problem. He couldn't see the long shots. Let me throw you something in there from the advertising, from my background, that that was one of the first games that was ever broadcast on the U.S. network. Okay, that series between the Habs and the Hawks was one of the first series yeah. ever broadcast, I think it was on NBC, that they showed a game across the, uh, across the network in the U.S. 
Anyways, we're going to commercial fairly soon. What we want to tell listeners yeah. about our, our gr- we the have fantastic a special guest, guest. The man who just tells it like it is, Spider Chuck Jones, is in the booth with us today. This guy is a, an encyclopedia of sports opinion and possibly knowledge. So when we come back, we'll have a little word with Spider and see what he's got to say about sports, hockey, boxing, and one of the touchstones that we want to really touch, we really want to get around is a little bit about possibly talking about racism in sport and uh, getting getting Spider's opinion on that. Couldn't be a better expert. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when my wife accused me of having an affair. How could I tell her that I was hopelessly in love with extra thin crust pizza from Pizzaville? I didn't ask for this to happen. It was so thin, so delicate, so delicious. I can't bear to share it with my wife. She wants me to see a counsellor, but... I don't want to share it with him either. Call Pizzaville for an extra thin crust pizza at 736-3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. I drove my wife to the hospital in this car the day my daughter was born. Every vehicle holds memories, which makes saying goodbye tough. Give your car a legacy to remember. Donate it to Kidney Car. You'll benefit those living with kidney disease, and that's a memory you can cherish. Kidney Car offers fast, free towing, plus a minimum tax receipt of $300. Call 1-866-788-CARS or visit kidneycar.ca. Kidney Car. Donate. Feel great. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. From face-offs to playoffs, field goals to own goals, you're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. And we're back, and again, I'm just going to get those phone numbers out again. It's 416-360-0740 or toll-free 1-866-740-4740. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour right here on AM740. We have a special guest. Spider. Walter, I want to do a more formal introduction of Absolutely. our special guest. Uh, uh, Spider Chuck Jones. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Just uh, call me Spider. Spider, <laughs> thanks so much for coming in this Absolutely. morning. We appreciate it. Just so our, just Hey, been with Wally and Naz on 740. <laughs> what what more does a guy want on an early Sunday morning? Don't forget Neil. Uh, <laughs> no, okay, Neil. Anyways, I'll just, 
I just want to <laughs> let <man> Neil. <laughs> I just want to let the, our listeners know. Uh, I know that you're. Uh, everybody knows Spider Jones, but maybe they don't know the Spider Jones story. Um, an incredible story. Um, raised in the inner city projects of Detroit and Windsor, grade five dropout. Now you're a highly popular motivational speaker, doing some fantastic work in uh, some of our challenging neighborhoods with with youth. Uh, really an amazing story. You've uh, taken yourself uh, through that. Um, you're now a highly sought motivational speaker, written a book, Out of the Darkness. Another another great story there. You've been in the ring sparring with Joe Fraser, George Chevallo, Muhammad Ali, Canadian Boxing Hall of Fame. Interviewed some Huge. incredibly interesting people. Huge guy. Chevallo, Ellis, Ali... Jesse Jackson, Mark Wahlberg. Um, thanks so much for coming in. Really an amazing this story. Goes on. Really an amazing story. And he's a Habs fan. And a Habs fan. Well, I like it. I, your, your view from the window is great. <laughs> Liberty Village, I mean, wow. And, and listen, at the risk of sounding chauvinistic, I'm not, but I've seen, I've counted at least, I hope my wife's not listening, <laughs> at least a dozen beautiful ladies have walked by. This is a great place to... We, we can't got, keep Neil on track no, we here. we got Cal uh, the Engineer over there raising his hands over here because he'd do the same thing. Every time you see somebody have decent walk by, you give me the you high just, five. You just, you've just let out my secret. <laughs> That's why you're closest to the window. Exactly. You got me way over here. Lucky I got my prescriptions on today. Exactly. Anyway, Spider, tell us, tell us about some of the great work you're doing in some of, in some of our neighborhoods in Toronto. Well, you know, thanks very much, first of all, for having me on. And uh, uh, I uh, have a drop-in center in the Jane uh, Wilson area called the uh, uh, Spiders Web Drop-In yeah. Center. And it's a youth center for uh, at-risk children or uh, disadvantaged children. And that's always been a dream of mine because growing up and living a lot of my life in the streets – before I went back to school and got an education, did a little hustling, and as you, you know, I I, I spent some time in prison, yeah. and uh, got uh, you know, and, and got out in 1966. But uh, I always wanted a drop-in center where young people could come, and it's a sort of a dream come true because of people like uh, Greenwind Management. I've got to plug them because absolutely they are partnered up with me with the Green family and doorsteps, and so we have about 65 young people from 8 years old to 15 that come in every night uh, after school, and we have all kinds of programs in there. First of all, they do their homework. Yeah. Then we have them, uh, uh, we have a kitchen where we feed them. And then we have a stage. We teach them all kinds of uh, 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 different life skills to empower them how to speak and, and how to conduct themselves. And uh, we, we have a ring, so we teach them boxing. And we have a workout section, and we have a, a, a computer room. So it's all good, you know. It's it's something that I love doing, and sports is, a, is very much a part of that. To me, uh, mental health and physical health, uh, when they merge together, I mean, this that's just the way it is with us. Fantastic. That's uh, terrific. We were having a, a great conversation just, uh, before the show started, and you were telling us, we were talking about what it was like growing up in Detroit in the mid-60s and the racism you faced. And, you know, that's 50, 60 years ago. And, you know, obviously, obviously over the course of the last few weeks, you know, you know, we're a sports show, and racism's been a big topic in sports. 
Tell us a little bit about the racism you faced and the challenges you faced dealing with it in your sporting career. And teaching your kids to overcome that and how they deal with it as well. Yeah. I mean, it's a whole big process. Uh, well, my kids grew up a little different to me. They they were raised in, in the Toronto area, so we didn't face the kind of racism that uh, I grew up facing in, in the, uh, you know, uh, the Windsor and Detroit area because I, I spent a, a, a major time in both areas. Uh, Detroit was, uh, as you know, is in decline now. Yeah. One of the th- that one of the huge issues in Detroit, I think, the blame for Detroit declining so much, like it was, the corruption right from the, I would say, from City Hall. I mean, the former mayor, uh, uh, Kilpatrick, doing time in jail, all kinds of fraud and 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 misappropriation of money and all kinds of other things, but. The police force in Detroit was was like occupiers. It was 90% white officers, uh, and most of them had been had been recruited from the southern states. So up with them came their Jim Crow uh, yeah. ways. Yeah. I mean, they were literally vicious, brutal. I that's why I cringe when people suggest there's no such thing as police brutality or it's not this. I've seen it witnessed it, experienced it. But, you know, racism in sports, as long as you've got racism in life, you're going to have racism in sports because these people come from life. They come and they bring it with them, as Mr. Sterling did. And it well hidden for years, but then it comes out. It's there. It's always been there. Look at, I I remember uh, uh, the Simmons kid plays for uh, Philadelphia. Philadelphia, I mean, somebody threw a banana on the ice at him. In London, Ontario, it was. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. in Canada. But you know what? I got to tell you. When I worked at a a sports station for all those years and had the opportunity to interview black athletes, uh, white athletes, athletes of different cultures, and a lot of the black athletes would, 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 would in confidence tell me things and what they were going through and tell me about some of the players. And I'm, I can't name the players, but that would call them the N word really? and use it. Oh yeah. I mean, it was a lot of that going on in the seventies. I remember Tony McKegney telling me uh, he was the first. I remember Mike Marsden, Marsden. many times. Yeah. Now and, we, I spoke to Mike about that. Yeah. The racism and, 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 and it, it went on and on. And the fact that, uh, uh, uh when, when, uh, uh, Ginla, prior to him becoming the, the captain of the uh, of the Calgary Flames, he had to cut his corn rolls off. You know what I mean? To make him look more representative of the corporate world. And I mean, he was told to do that. But I mean, it's out there. But the fact is, it's a lot better than it used to be in the days of Jackie Robinson and Larry Doby and and things like that. I mean, you know, so it's there, but we're, shows like this are dealing with it. Yeah. And, and I remember breaking into radio. I mean, it like I felt like really out of place whenever I used to go into Maple Leaf Gardens because the only thing blacker than me there was the puck. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and I see all these pictures on the wall of all yeah. these these different great players who I loved. I mean, you know, people stop me and they're very surprised when when I I tell them that hockey's my favorite sport. Yeah. Because I'm I, I'm I'm identified with boxing, but I'm a hockey nut. I could talk all day about about the uh, uh, you know about hockey. I've got collection of hockey fights 
I got all the great fights. Clark we actually Gillies. want you to stick around to discuss hockey with us for the rest of the show. You know, we didn't. We didn't again. We didn't bring you on to just you know talk about boxing, and that's where you are. And I was mentioning to the guys before we had you on here is that I had a chance. I had a conversation with Spider before we you know before we booked him in and had him come in, and uh, his knowledge of hockey, and he's a huge hockey fan. So if if it's okay with him to sit down and, and discuss that, that's fantastic. Oh, I, I I was talking. I was listening to you gentlemen in the opening segment yep. and talking about about uh, uh, Pittsburgh and and the fact that they, they let Shiro go. And, and I thought watching that series, yeah. and I remember Don Cherry, and he was angry. And I don't always agree with Grapes, but I did on this. He said, Mario should know. Look at these guys are doing and getting away with on Crosby. Every cheap, dirty trick in the book to get him off his game, and nobody was there to protect him. I know the instigator rule is there, but you, what are you going to This guy's your bread and butter. <laughs> yeah. You expect him to perform. And I mean, they just they just took him to task every chance they got. Yeah, but just hockey. Yeah, that's true. That is hockey. They they go after the stars now, hey. and that's how they play it in the playoffs. And they got to fight through it, right? Spider, just want to go back to um, the issue of racism, just very mm-hmm. very briefly. We had three, what I call major incidents in a very short period of time. It was a Donald Sterling. There was the Twitter attacks on P.K. Subban, which were you know, absolutely horrendous when he was playing well against Boston. And we had the incident over in Europe with uh, the Alves, the Barcelona player, where they threw the, the banana out on the field and he actually picked it up and, and ate it. He sort of made, made fun of it. He wasn't, gonna, he wasn't going to uh, be put off by it. Well, the guy it. knew bananas are good for you. A lot of, <laughs> a lot of potassium. You're sweating um, like that? It almost seems it almost seems like we've come a certain distance, but we've got a long way to go still. Well, you know, and and with the social network, it, it's uh, it's out there now. It's 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 a story with a lot of people that PK Subin thing, and he handled it quite well. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, but you know what? I wasn't surprised. Please, I've been in, I've worked in the media since 1981, so you know there's racism out there, and and, and you know. Let's put it this way. Whites don't have a monopoly on racism. There are a whole lot of people out here, black people that are racist towards whites. There, You know, I mean, that's, you can't. And, and, and listen, I get at times I get attacked by my own people because I'm too liberal. But the yeah. fact is we fight racism between us all the time. I know many blacks that don't like whites for no reason at all. So here, here's the point, though. Uh, this happens. I mean, this wasn't the Boston Bruins organization. But Boston, hate to say it if you're listening out there, but in the minds of many people of color and many Latinos, Boston is the most racist city in North America. I hear this all the time. From people, and I know people that would not play there and refuse to play there. Yeah. That's not to say there aren't good people in Boston. Mark Wahlberg's from Boston, and he's a friend of mine. I I, I, I admire him, the things he does. But uh, and then you say the 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 uh, uh, the other one with uh, uh, the other incident with 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 uh, the 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 soccer player, soccer player. Yeah, Alves. I mean, you know, these are these are incidents. I mean, there's millions of people there. You're going to have some racist for sure. We're going to go to a commercial uh, spider. We'll come right back and we'll pick up where we left off. It was a rainy day when Peterville asked, how much loyalty is there in the world anymore? 
Well, about 14 inches, we figure. Introducing Pizzaville's new loyalty programme. After your sixth order, you'll receive a large 14-inch pizza of your choice free with your seventh order. You scratch our back, we feed your face. Find out more at pizzaville.ca. That's pizzaville.ca. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. A companion, a true companion, one that's there for you no matter what. That's what owning a pet brings to your life. And at Zoomer Radio, the new AM740, we want to help you find one. Visit our website as each week we profile a different pet of the week. Available for adoption at the Toronto Humane Society. Wonderful, loving companions who need homes. Maybe yours? To view this week's Pet of the Week, visit am740.ca. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Vaughn. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour is a paid program. Opinions expressed on the show are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio, the new AM740. That's right, no sport left unturned except for Crokinole. We will not discuss Crokinole. <laughs> Spider's the only guy who knows what Crokinole is. Everybody's looking at me like I have three heads. It's a call in show, 416 360 0740 or toll free 1 866 740 We have a caller who has a question for Spider. Mike has a question about racism on sports. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, it's, um, I, I've just been listening to your comments on that, and uh, it's, really, it's really quite amazing that I think that I don't want to say that society has gone and turned itself around, but I, but I would say that. These attacks or these racist attacks that spring up every now and again, I think, can be safely relegated to being a you know a part of the nutbar fringe. I don't think they're frequent enough, really, to show that there's some some lingering uh, prejudice still in society in, in, in racism. So let me I mean, throw this at you too, Mike, if you don't that. mind, if you don't mind, because here's my, here's my take on it sometimes. I, I, I'm wondering whether or not the media is taking this story, letting it bubble and simmer, and running with it. And uh, and then taking it to to uh, to a head. Am That's for I, sure. I, Don't you think there's a lot of tabloid 
tabloid uh, journalism attached to this? I mean, oh, absolutely. Walter I, says it himself. Sorry, uh, uh, tab- it's taken over. I look at the newspapers. I mean, you look at the headlines, it's always about Rob Ford. I mean, come on. You know, Let's get some real a, news out here. There used to be a time when there was a big difference between the, the magazines I could read at the checkout and the, at, the, at the grocery store and what I get from, say, the Star or the Globe. Yeah. The news coverage is, is getting to be very close to being the same. Well, I, I've had this, uh, we had this discussion a couple of shows back. Thanks for the call, and, and, and I've always said, you know, you, you can blame it on the media uh, as much as you want, but at the end of the day, the media is there to make money, and they are putting out stories that they think will sell. And... And at the end of the day, it's people read this stuff, unfortunately, and there are a lot of people that read garbage. Spider, well, I mean, uh, yeah. Look, <laughs> whether, you we, don't, whether we like it or not, you know, the, the four people in this room may not want to read no. a lot of this garbage, but, you know... The Toronto Star, the Toronto Sun, whatever—they're not stupid. Well, and, and the thing is—they they know they know who their—they know who their audience they're up is, against and they're competition. pandering to their audience. You're absolutely right. You look at them. You got the right wing with the Toronto Sun, the left wing with the Toronto Star, and so on. But you know what? They—they they also are, ha, compete. It's highly competitive, especially with social media out there. They don't want to be the. I'm going to give you an example. The other media, for many years. I mean, from the last year, dropped the ball on, on, on Rob Ford. That's a whole different story. But I'm saying the Toronto, the Toronto Star went after it, and they were crucified by everybody. But now suddenly, the Toronto they Sun... They got it right, didn't they? They got, they got it right. You see, in the media, I, I, I'm all over social network because I get a lot of business from it in terms mm-hmm. of my speaking engagements. Yeah. But I take time to study some of the remarks that people make. There's still a lot of hatred out there, you know towards certain sports uh, uh, figures. There's still a lot of ignorant people out there. I mean, and, and, and that's just the way it is. The French, but we're way better than we were, and we're going to get better because the kids today, many of them, uh, in, in all different sports, have learned. They, they're used to whites, blacks, Latinos now. They learn to, to accept one another. They're more tolerant. Spider, let's go back to the 70s. You were talking about Tony McKechnie and Mike Morrison. Yeah. I'll bring up Mike Morrison because I, I uh, knew his father very, very well, and I spoke to Mike a couple of times in the last couple of weeks. And uh, here's a kid who is 18 years old being drafted out of Sudbury, going to the Washington Capitals and being a black hockey player or a sports figure in Washington at that time. Could you imagine? Just tell us what he could have gone through, like, it, it, it must have been a real tough situation in, at that at that time. You're almost a freak show. Yeah, uh, blacks, and not just by whites, but by blacks. What's this uh, brother doing playing sports? I mean, playing hockey. Should be playing baseballer, footballer. They they could they could not uh, relate to blacks in hockey. But I tell you, D.C. I mean, where he played Washington. I mean, there are more. They got enough blacks there to make ten thousand Tarzan movies. I mean, you know. We just, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but but it, but it had to be tough on him. We talked. I had him on my show many times, and he he talked about it. People look at you weird. You actually feel out of place. It took a lot of courage for him to to, to to you know to experience that and live through that. It really did. No, of course, absolutely. You know, again, you know, and 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 like I, you know, going back to just to the caller and some of the issues that he was raising. I mean, um, again, do you, do you really think that, like, are we, are, we, are we just, like, making up the problem at this point 
where it just is 100% selling uh, selling tickets to sporting events? Or is there still a core group of people out there, even, albeit a small percentage of people, who are who are out there to get, like, social media, to your point. It's, it's all anonymous, right? So go ahead, Walter. So I want to make a point here, and Spider, I'd like to hear your thoughts on my point. Um, you know, racism is obviously still an issue in society and in sports. And from what I take from your comments were, um, and correct me if I'm wrong, uh, it was a lot worse 50, 60 years ago. And our society is sort of evolving. Like on, on all kinds of different issues, uh, societal opinion moves forward. I mean, the whole issue of gays in sports and gays in society and, 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 the, uh, and, and people... And gays in music. And, and, Marvin Gaye. And whatever. And, and and the whole he's trying to lighten it up for a second, but you're right. right absolutely, you're right. the whole issue of the whole issue of homophobia. But uh, you're trying to throw me off my point. But the point I'm trying to make is, we're, you know, I think I think we're I think we've moved forward. Well, well yes, we absolutely have because we have. people like you are standing up for it. Right. I'm not just buttering your blown smoke up your butt. Right. I'm telling you, people are standing up for it. They're, I don't want to be any part of this, and I think the players mostly need to speak up. As many Boston players did on the PK thing. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not sure Lucic did, but, uh, you know, he's not a very good sportsman. <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> I'm going to kill you uh, next year. <laughs> yeah. but, but, uh, yeah. And the one interesting point you really make, and I see it amongst, mm-hmm. I see it with my kids. My kids are in their late 20s. They're a different generation. Um, their, their thought has evolved beyond the generations, like our generation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And they're certainly less, lot, from what I can tell, a lot less racist a lot less homophobic, a lot more liberal on social issues. Uh, they, they, as generations are moving forward, perhaps they are they've been evolving. taught that and, because they've been taught that right. way. Well, what I think what's happening in society is the people who have the extreme views are being marginalized over time, and they become the minority. You, br- you and, brought and up we the- marginalize those opinions. And that takes time, but I think we're getting there. Look what Donald Sterling's gone through. I yeah. mean, uh, he opened his big mouth and and. Go ahead, my friend. I was just going to mention. No, no, go ahead, go ahead. He opened his big. He opened his mouth and said some nasty things. And and his biggest mistake in California is to attack Magic Johnson, who who is an icon, who is revered for his work, not just in the black community but the Latino community, and the fact that Magic Johnson and and and. I respect him because I do the same thing. We are all on this tiny mud ball flinging through space. Let's get along. I I, I don't care if you're black, right, white. As the old saying goes, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in my sight. It doesn't matter. But you, I want to mention something, too. And I think of Marsden back then. It took another thing, too, because... You have to learn to hold in, pent in your feelings, your anger, as Jackie Robinson did, mm-hmm. and as many did. And, and, and because if you don't, you can, it, can be, it can just destroy you. You know, we, we brought up, uh, we were talking before the show, and we brought up Sweet Daddy Siki. And he, you know, I was talking to him last week, and he mentioned that he started professional wrestling in the Deep South back in the 50s and 60s. And he didn't elaborate what went on, but I could tell he went through hell back then, too. Right. Yeah. You, 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 and, and you look at some of the ball players when Hank Aaron played with, with uh, uh, Atlanta, he had to stay at a different, uh, you know, a different uh, place than his. Uh, what they would do is they would drive into the town and he would stay in a black section in a rooming house while the rest of them went to the uh, the hotel. This went on and so much. And I read that. I mean, not just in 
sports, but I, I remember interviewing Smokey Robinson and some of the Temptations, and they had to face the same problems in the South. They were they weren't allowed to stay in some motels or hotels, and and that went on. And, and one of the big guys, and I listen to him all the time on this station, seven forty Frank Sinatra, uh, who who stood up. Who stood up? You know, I don't think a lot of young black people today don't know history of the civil rights and people like Frank Sinatra, who helped finance it and stood up in the entertainment world and said, "If Sammy doesn't play here, if Ella doesn't play here, yeah. I don't play here." And I think that's what we need. We need people to stand up. But I'm just talking about whites. I'm talking about blacks that spread their type of racism too. And some of them may be listening. You know, we are not without blemish. Yes. Well, we'd be remiss if we don't talk a little bit about boxing. You've been in the ring with um, with uh, Muhammad Ali, Joe Fraser, some of the greats. Tell us about your uh, being in. What's it like being in the terrifying. ring? Terrifying, <laughs> Joe Fraser. Terrifying. <laughs> I only sparred with Joe Fraser once, and I would never do it again. And I told him, yeah. and he's a nice guy. Joe Fraser is a gentleman out of the ring. Yeah. Joe Fraser is a good guy. Him and George Chavello who was one of my closest friends, became dear friends. But Joe don't know how to take it easy on you. Joe beat me like a redheaded stepchild. And, <laughs> and I mean, I just said, no, I can't take it, because Joe is relentless. He stays on you. Uh, George Chavello's another one. I sparred with George many times. George, <laughs> one time George was working me over so bad. I said, hey, champ. I said, man... Uh, you're hurting me. He says, Chucky, Chucky. He calls me Chucky. How can I hurt you? You're my best friend. I said, I hate his health like hell and be your enemy. <laughs> but Ali was, Ali was a different story. I worked with Ali for the first time when Muhammad Ali came to Toronto to fight George Chevallo. Now, at that time, I was living at uh, Sully's Gym, 109 Austington Street. I just gotten out of prison. Excuse me, I did a couple years for... Well, some, uh, you know, uh, I broke stuff. the law. <laughs> and uh, Muhammad Ali come there to fight uh, uh, George Chevallo. And that was just before his exile. And he, he was the most famous man. How much, have I got time enough to show you? No, no, just here? go on, Spider. It's your show, man. Go. He was the most famous man on the planet. And, and, and he came, I remember he came to Toronto and he trained at Sully's Gym. And I knew before the media did because I had been skipping and the phone on the wall rung. And it was uh, a guy by the name of Don Album out of Erie, Pennsylvania. Had one of them little Weasley voices. Yeah, yeah, uh, let me speak to Sully. Tell him it's Don Album. Like you're supposed, you know, a guy. Yeah. So I got Sully and I heard Sully talking to him. And then they were talking about, yeah, well, he's coming in. Yeah, he'll be here in two days. Sully hangs up the phone. He walks by me and then he stops. Were you listening? I said, I'm going to help the way you're yelling. Don't say nothing to the media. I want to tell him. So Ali's coming to Toronto to fight George Chevallo. Yeah, excellent. So Ali comes to Toronto, and, he, and uh, I, I'm dying to meet the guy. Angela Dundee sets it up. Ali comes out of the um, dressing room. He'd just been interviewed by Howard Cowshell. And they came out, and Ali walks right over to me, guns me off. He's cutting up. You know, Ali loves to get her. He, this man loves to get a response out of him. And he says, you bad or something? You think you bad? I said, I'm bad enough to keep the bad guys off me. And he ran and hid me. No, Angie, don't let him hit me. <laughs> Two days later, 
I hear somebody, I'm hitting on the bags, working out, and the gym is jammed up every day. We're talking six, seven hundred people in all the media. Ali was the man because, remember, he was he was fighting the military back then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, I hear somebody called, hey, kid. And I'm still hitting the bag. Kid, you, spider, the champ wants to work with you. Oh, wonderful. Mm-hmm. Can we go to commercial and can I pick that up when we get I'll back? I'll try to destroy when I get back. Oh, perfect. Absolutely. Fantastic. Awesome. <laughs> Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. Is global warming a hoax? Can you launch a spaceship without a rocket? Why is the world of butterflies dangerous? Find out the answers at Idea City, June 18th to 20th at Kerner Hall, Toronto. Three days, 50 speakers, a ton of inspiration. Presented in part by Bennett Jones, one of Canada's premier business law firms. Connecting Canadian clients with opportunities around the world. Idea City. Can't be there in person? Watch the live webcast free. Get the details at ideacityonline.com. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Settler for Alt Infinity and Bond. Car buying made simple. That's what Alt Infinity is all about. No stress, no hassle, no nonsense. Just fun and easy and rewarding experience that will put you behind the wheel of a fabulous new or used Infinity. Expert sales staff, superior service, and the largest selection in Ontario. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's what makes Alt Infinity the captain's choice. Alt Infinity, Woodbridge.com, at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Striving to inspire you at every turn. It was a rainy day in Pizzaville when my wife accused me of having an affair. How could I tell her that I was hopelessly in love with extra thin crust pizza from Pizzaville? I didn't ask for this to happen. It was so thin, so delicate, so delicious. I can't bear to share it with my wife. She wants me to see a counsellor, but I don't want to share it with him either. Call Pizzaville for an extra thin crust pizza at 736-3636. The only thing I love more than sports is sports radio. Take it away, boys. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. And we're back, and uh, we left Spider right in the middle of a fantastic story, but we're going to cut away. We're going to come back to him. We're going to speak to Sean Clement. Sean Clement. He's on the phone today from Los Angeles. Sean, uh, you're down in L.A. Uh, giving golf lessons to the rich and famous, from, from what I understand. Yeah, having a great time, enjoying some heat. It was my 80, 88 yesterday with a son. Anyways, you're our yeah. golf wisdom, uh, our golf wisdom guy. And uh, what's uh, what do you want to talk about this uh, this week? Hard uh, hitting out of divots, uh, hitting from hard pen. Yeah, well, talk to us about it, Sean. Or in my case, sitting okay. from the parking lot, uh, Sean. You know. <laughs> well, that too. Um, uh, it's been very dry here in, in uh, Southern California, and uh, they're playing on um, 
on a lot of bare patches and uh, some hard pan stuff. And if, uh, if you um, looked at my, there's a video of mine entitled uh, uh, hit, Hitting the Ball Solid, right? Hit the ball solid every time. And um, it's, it basically what you're doing is you're using your predicting ability. So we talked about the grass whip in the, in the earlier shows, and hopefully a lot of you guys have been watching the, the video on the grass whip. And it's just the way that you're cutting through the dandelion stem. So you can, you can cut through just the stem and hit the ball intentionally thin. So when you're on hard pan and stuff like that, it works out really well. And if the ball is in a divot, well, then you have to imagine the blade of your grass whip going to the bottom of the divot and taking out the front of the divot as it's swinging out toward the target. So if the sole of the club can make its way down through the divot, then the ball is, going to, is still going to hit the center of the club face. Sean, on so, the 18th hole yesterday at Byron Nelson, you bring yeah. up divot. Graham Dillette had to hit a shot out of a divot. Uh, yeah. Did you see that? No, I, I didn't. I, I was uh, I was on the range with uh, with some uh, students, some students. <laughs> oh, okay. No, it's just interesting how he had to hit the ball. He did a great job with it, but uh, it was very interesting. It, it really isn't that difficult. Um, most of the most of the divots are sand filled, so it's, it's like hitting out of a fairway bunker. And uh, if you are hitting uh, out of a divot uh, on a well well manicured course, especially you know where we are, the the we got some some nice soft ground in the summertime and. We always have some pretty good rain, and uh, especially in the springtime, it's nice and soft. So it's not a really, it's not a big deal swinging through a divot. I even have a video on that. You can see uh, uh, Sean Clement swing through a divot or hitting out of a divot. I just wanted to remind our listeners uh, we're talking to Sean Clement in our Golf Wisdom segment. Sean Clement can be found at www.wisdomingolf.com. Over 16,000 members on his forum can also be found on YouTube. Uh, Sean Clement. He's got over 40,000 subscribers. If you're passionate about golf, you want to improve your game, I highly recommend uh, you go to that site. Sean Clement on YouTube. Going back to uh, divots, Sean, um, hitting out of divots is is so difficult for the average golfer. We get up there, we look at them saying we we swear and curse like who didn't why didn't they replace their divot and I'm, I'm stuck here but under the rules of golf i have to hit out of this thing for the pro yeah. for the pros it's not a big deal why well it's the thing is is they have they have the experience of, of practicing and hitting out of divots now whether you're in thick rough because you know, a lot of my students say when we go out on the golf course we do a lesson on the course they they say i want to i want to hit out of thick rough I'm, i have trouble in there so I ask them, what do you see when you look down at the ball coming out of thick rough? And they go, well, how do I get it out? So where's your attention? It's on the ball. So the target's gone, and that's the problem. So you can't allow the lie to prevent you from swinging to the target. So you say, okay, when I swing to the target, what needs to happen for the ball to hit the center of the club face? Well, when you're swinging to the target, that's why a lot of people pull the shots out of the rough, and, and, and they, they don't get anywhere, and they go way left. And they say, well, the, the hosel grabbed, uh, you know, the, the, the rough grabbed the hosel. Not exactly true. What happens is that their attention is on the ball. They swing at the ball. They extend everything at the ground, and they hit a whole bunch of grass before they get to the golf ball. Whereas when you're swinging to the target, you get way more lag coming through, and then you're going to catch a little bit of grass, the ball, and then you'll catch a lot of grass. So the ball com- tends to come out way better when you're swinging through to a target. So it's all it's all how you predict. You know, you look at you look at your line. You say, okay, when I swing to the target, I predict this to happen. 
And that's what helps you choose the club that you're going to choose. So you, if you're in a thick rough or in that divot, you say, okay, when I swing to the target, uh, can I use a six iron? And, you, and your brain will tell you right, right then and there, no, I can't use six. So what about seven? No, eight, maybe. Nine, I think nine would do the, do the job. Now you have to pick a different target because you can't go at the green anymore. That's how you play and manage your game, uh, by predicting. Uh, okay, that's great, Sean. Thanks uh, Thanks so much for that tip. I'm going to try and use it out this week and use no it on problem. the course. I just remind uh, our listeners, if uh, you need a golf lesson or you want to really uh, get some personal attention from Sean Clement, the Richmond Hill Golf Learning Center, check them out on the web, check them out on YouTube. Sean, enjoy the rest of your stay in L.A. Uh, safe travels home. Get back soon. I need some work on my game. And let's just jump right back to Spider Chuck Jones. You want to finish that story about Muhammad Ali? People are sitting there with bated breath. Yeah. Well, as I said, I was, uh, I was working on the uh, heavy bag, and, uh, and somebody called me. Well, they called Kid two or three times. And then he said, Spider, it was Angelo Dundee calling me, and there's Muhammad Ali. Standing in the corner, he just worked uh, four or five rounds with uh, a guy named uh, Jimmy Ellis, who went on to be a champion. And then he worked with a, uh, another friend of mine who passed away a few years back, uh, last year I should say, Travis Snugden, whose son actually played in the uh, with, with the Leafs organization. And uh, he calls me in. Now, I didn't want to go, but there were 700 people in the gym. And there was a there was a, a ton of press, so I, I go into the ring and I'm expecting to get the uh, I'm expecting to, to get whipped up pretty good. This is a heavyweight champion of the world, and uh, but you can't say no. Yeah, uh, it doesn't. Uh, the boxing's a small community. When you're challenged to go in the ring, it doesn't matter who it is, and that's a problem. But you go in there, and uh, the guy worked with me, but never. I'll tell you a couple of things first of all. I never seen such speed for a heavyweight. Yeah, the guy was like, as he said it himself. He says, "Look, man, I'm so fast, I can I can flick out the light and get in bed before the room gets dark." And, and, and he did, and and you know what? He made me look like a chump, and he and he trash talked for three rounds, but he didn't try to injure or hurt me. And in the third round, I remember the first time we sparred, he said, "Okay, I want you to open up on me." And I said, "You going so you can kill me?" He said, "No, go ahead." So I, I'm working on him. I'm bam. I'm working the body, and 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 it felt good. And whoop! And he's he's leaning like I'm hurting him. The bell rang. Time. It's over. I, we hit gloves and go back to our corner. The next day, they do a little thing in the in the Globe and Mail about uh, uh, Spider Jones, uh, local uh, light heavyweight, uh, made a good impression of himself working with Ali. Because <laughs> that was my story with Ali. So when you, but when you were, when you, when you even like standing across uh, the ring from that guy, um, do you get a little shaky in the boots? Do you, or is it just like your instinct to you, you, you know, you, as soon as you hear that bell, boom, you know what you got to do? Well, you know, I was, I was aware there were people around me. I was a Canadian uh, 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 light heavyweight uh, uh, amateur champion then. Yeah. But uh, you know, you're in against a world heavyweight champion. You're in against a legend. You're in against a pro- that the most famous man on the planet. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, you know what amazed me the most about Muhammad Ali when I first met him? Because I kept staring at him. He said, what you look at me like that for? I'm trying to find a, a mark on his face. <laughs> no mark. I guess so. Not one. Yeah. And I said, look, man, you're so pretty. 
I don't know whether to hug you or kiss you. I mean, <laughs> I mean the guy was just and his he he just tremendous speed. I mean, and you couldn't hit him with a bucket full of rice. That's how he was just a, 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 a. But you know what he had of all the fighters I've ever met, not just a charisma. I mean, this guy's a promoter's dream. He had the will to win, and I use that as a metaphor when I work with young people today. Perfect. Here's a question for you, Sonny Liston, Muhammad Ali, fight two. Yep. Fixed? I don't know. I don't know. I'm not. You know what? Howard Cosell, a man who had a tremendous influence on my career, said it wasn't. It it wasn't fixed, but Liston may have taken. You're right. Liston Liston was finished by then. There's a distinction between. He he probably didn't have the will to fight. Uh, He got knocked down, but he could have got up. Anyways, we're, we're, we're fastly running out of time. Give us your predictions on the NHL this week. Hey, you know what I think? I think Montreal can come back. I really do. I think they're that well coached. They're a good team. But it's going to be tough. The Rangers have the one thing that Montreal has that beat Boston speed. But I'm still a Hab fan, so I'm going to call the Habs. But, you know. L.A. Kings? L.A. Kings, man. You got them, too? That's that's take them in the gutter sutter hockey, and those guys are primed <laughs> right now. You see the way they played the last three games. That team is big, tough, mean, and they got skilled. They got great goaltending. I, I, I personally think it's going to be the LA Kings all the way this time. Nice, fantastic. Before I give it back to you, Neil, to wrap it up, no problem. Going to be watching golf this afternoon. We got two Canadians in the hunt. Mike Weir, do it, Mike. We'd love to see you win this afternoon. Graham Delate, Delette. Let's do it as well. I would love to see Canadians one too. Jays had a had a, a great week. They got Jansen back. They got a great outing from Hutchison. I think they're going to go on a run real quick. Uh, you picking them to win the AL East, Ness? I'm picking the Jays to win the AL East, and we're going to play meaningful baseball in September. And Uh-oh. Mike Weir will be the biggest story. Of the year. And i got to just shut this down by saying we got to thank this man for coming in, Spider Chuck Jones. This is one of the greatest interviews we had on this show. We'll Can I give you an email address very quickly? Sure, go ahead. You want to touch up? SpiderJones at Rogers.com. There you have it. Good night. Thanks, Spider. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.